to Rob McKenna, my college sweetheart, for 29 years. Over eight years ago, I lost 120 pounds, and I've kept it off ever since. These days, I write about weight loss, fitness, and anything else I can think of having to do with healthy living on my website, MarilynMcKenna.com, and I wrote about it extensively in my book, Eat Like It Matters, which is available at all the usual online booksellers as both a print book and as an e-book. So I'm not even going to pretend that I like cooking. I really, I just don't. Um, and it's no, <laughs> that would not come as a surprise to my family, that confession. I, I've done it for years, not just because I have to eat, but because, you know, as I said in the intro, I raised four kids and a husband and well, okay, I didn't raise him, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So I did it because I had to do it and, and because I'm cheap, um, just at the heart of me, just just cheap. And eating out is expensive, especially when you have a lot of mouths to feed, as we did. Um, while we were raising our kids, I've still got one at home, uh, a very independent 16-year-old who uh, breezes in and out as teenagers who can, who can drive all of a sudden do. But while we were busy raising all those kids, we didn't eat out very often because it was just too damn expensive. And then even then... We rarely went to a restaurant that didn't have a drive-through, if you know what I mean. So Rob and I really feel like we're living high on the hog when we, we, we eventually started going to restaurants where you pay after you eat, right? That's, a, that's our standard of like really living large. <laughs> it's a low bar. What can I say? But these days I still eat almost exclusively at home and, you know, partly because it's cheaper. But mostly because I'm kind of a control freak um, when it comes to what I eat. I'm not holding that up as like it's a good thing. It just, I just am. Um, I want to know pretty much everything that goes on my plate. And at a restaurant, I just can't know that. I can't control how it's prepared. You know, and it's totally fine for special occasions, girls night out, stuff like that. That's, that's, I'm totally cool with that. But for my regular day-in, day-out meals, I'm going to go with what I know, which means that I either eat at home or I take food with me that I've prepared at home, which (laughs) for me means I eat in my car a lot, um, which is not exactly glamorous, but that's that's just how it goes. Um, So on weekdays, I eat at 7 a.m., 10 a.m., 12.30, 3.30, 6 p.m., and 9 p.m., so six times a day. Um, and on weekends, I eat at 8, 11, 2, 5, and again at 8, so five times a day. It It is a lot, but I don't eat very much at, at any one of those meals. They're pretty hard and fast times for me. And the reason I eat at really irregular intervals is because it keeps my blood sugar really stable throughout the day, which means I don't have these huge energy surges or dips um, as my blood sugar goes up and down, which is what I do did for, you know, that's the way I lived for a really long time. It also means that I don't get ravenously hungry, which in my own experience is a huge problem in terms of making good food choices. 
my free will just seems to go flying out the window and my primal survival instincts take over, you know, I end up grabbing high calorie, high fat, high sugar snacks that I can stuff in my face as quickly as I possibly can. And these days that's not, that's not something that I want to do. I, I mean, and, and research bears this out true. We're really hardwired to seek out calorically dense foods when our bodies sense a threat of starvation. Now, I'm going to be honest, between you and me, I have never even been close to starvation, (laughs) not even close, but my blood sugar doesn't seem to know that, and apparently my brain doesn't know that either, and the only way that I can get the two of them to play nice is if I eat five to six times a day at these really regular intervals, which are about two and a half to three hours apart. So obviously, if you're going to either eat all of your food at home or food that's been prepared at home, you're going to do a lot of cooking, which I already confessed I don't really like to do. But the kind of cooking I do now is pretty utilitarian, and and it serves the greater purpose of fueling my overall goal of staying fit and healthy. I mean, in other words, I, I'm not consumed with having my, my meals be off the charts, wow, exciting, delicious, you know, the, the latest, greatest recipe or or whatever, but instead I'm I'm happy with my meals being nutritious, satisfying, tasty. You know, those are for everyday kinds of things, which is the vast majority of my meals, um, that, that works for me. So because I need my food to be ready to eat and, and pack at a moment's notice because I'm just going to say it, I'm a terrible procrastinator. So if I have to leave the house at noon... Um, that means at 11.59, I'm rushing through the kitchen and remembering, oh, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to eat at 12.30, which means I have to take something with me. So I have all of about 60 seconds to assemble something. Um, what I do then is I invest some time on the weekends, usually on Sunday, to prep food ahead of time. So obviously, it's a little bit of an investment time-wise on Sundays, but, you know, when it's... 11.59 and I'm breezing through the kitchen, I'm really, you know, kind of congratulating myself silently for having done it because then I can assemble something really fast. So what I do is I, I break down my meals into three, the three macronutrients, which are protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And I prep those three, you know, major, um, major, the micronutrients um, accordingly so that I can assemble things quickly. So for protein, Protein in general is really easy to prep ahead of time. And it's kind of, you know, for most of us, we've been raised, this is sort of the the foundation of our plate. Now, we're going to eat lots and lots of vegetables, too, because that's that's where we get lots of magic. But um, but protein uh, is really easy to prep ahead of time. So you can, I what I do is I, I cook in batches um, uh, meat that I, you know, and then I store them either in the fridge or the freezer. I can divide them up, put some in the fridge, some in the freezer. So you can, I can pull out as much as I need at any, at any one time. So I'll do this with chicken, beef, fish. I mean, salmon especially holds up really well for stored for two or three days in the, in the fridge. Um, and I typically eat it twice a week. So, so that works. If I, if I, you know, if I'm eating it the first day I cook it, then it's still perfectly good two days later, you know, in the fridge. So that works. Um, I don't eat pork, but I'm, I'm sure it probably works just as well. 
So anyway, I, want, I really want to, what I really want to do is um, tell you my favorite, favorite, favorite meal prep shortcut, which is that I cook, um, I'll take six pounds of thawed, boneless, skinless chicken breasts in my slow cooker. I typically do this when I get home from the grocery store and just, you know, throw them directly into, um, into the slow cooker. And on my slow cooker, it's on low for three hours. Um, and I cook it with no broth, no salt, no nothing, nothing. And I'll explain why in a second. Um, and then I just drain the liquid, let them cool, and I shred them either with two forks or by hand. And it makes a huge amount of shredded chicken that then I add to either salads or lunch bowls or, you know, a whole bunch, if I'm making them for my family, a whole bunch of other things. But like I said, you know, obviously it's going to vary from slow cooker to slow cooker. So it may not be three hours on low um, for you, nor do you necessarily need to do six pounds at a time. That's just what I do because I'm pretty much the laziest cook in North America. So like if I can do a whole bunch of it all at once and, um, and divide it and, you know, stick three quarters of it in the freezer, then by golly, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I don't season it at all, as I was saying, because that way when I'm actually, you know, adding it to things, I can season it based on what I'm adding it to. So if I'm making enchiladas or, uh, or tacos out of it, that kind of thing, you know, I'll add some sort of um, uh, spices accordingly. But I also put it in wraps and soups and all kinds of stuff. So don't necessarily want it seasoned in any particular way um, while I'm cooking it so that I don't. But really, I mean, the possibilities are, are endless. On the weekends, we put it in a brunch frittata. You know, we like to make um, breakfast for dinner kind of thing on Sunday nights too. And it, it works great in frittatas for that too. I, I, I probably saw this idea on Pinterest, but I don't, I can't remember for sure, but whoever came up with it, like a great big fat shout out and where the hell have you been all my life from me? Because this is just the greatest thing since sliced bread is prepping chicken this way. Um, you know, my kitchen, maybe like yours, it's 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 pretty much a revolving door. Everybody comes and goes at different times. We do not have any kind of anything near a sort of Norman Rockwell experience um, other than, you know, probably Easter and Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners. I mean, that's it. Um, the rest of the time, it's just this free-for-all in my house. Everybody coming and going. Sometimes the teenager walks in the door and he's already eaten when I think he's going to be joining us for dinner. And so he's already had had something um, with his friends or whatever. Other times he's ravenously hungry, you know, an hour after we, an hour after we ate. So having proteins prepped and ready to go means that they're not, my kids, you know, well, okay, only one at home still, but the others seem to come home way more often than they should. Anyway, they, they, they're snacking on things that, that are um, nutritious as opposed to, the kinds of stuff that, well, you know, I probably don't have much of it in my house, but, but there are things like, you know, that, that they can, um, get into that I would prefer, you know, like a bowl of cereal or something. I'd rather they have something that's um, more nutritious and filling than most snack foods. So it works for me if they grab some chicken and put it in a tortilla with some salsa and cheese on it for a quick snack instead of reaching for, for other things. As for carbohydrates, the second of the macronutrients that um, that I prep ahead of time. Again, I mean, there's 
there's a there's a there's a really easy way to just sort of make as much ahead of time as possible with the complex carbs as I do with protein. For whole grains, I'll usually make um, brown rice, quinoa, barley, um, in kind of largish quantities. Nothing, I mean, you know, no, nothing specific, but like two to four cups of of each at a time, and then store them in the fridge, and we use them throughout the week. Um, again, and also sweet potatoes, I love to have around too. So I'll bake like a half a dozen of them, um, in foil in the oven and just stick them right in the fridge and, um, we can use them, uh, you know, to add to meals as we go along during the week. Um, lots of carbs though don't hold up really well, or they're just not very appealing if they've been sitting around for a few days. So I kind of cook those on demand peas and corn and white potatoes. Um, and we also don't eat very much of them, so it just really isn't a big deal. Fruits and veggies are also complex carbs too, as you know, and they're they're usually super easy to prep and eat kind of as is because of the way they're packaged and available in the produce department or in the frozen foods section these days. You know, I'm thinking of like bagged lettuces, um, Broccoli that's bagged and washed, cauliflower, you know, same thing. Or the super simple um, fruits and veggies that either, you know, don't require any prep or like asparagus, you know, you just snap them and (laughs) and wash them and you're done. Apples, stuff like that. Um, I love frozen veggies that come in the steamer bags. I'm sure you've used these, right? They're just, they're money. Like you just stick it in the microwave and four minutes later you have green beans or whatever. And then also frozen section, um, frozen berries, uh, mixed berries, blueberries, strawberries. We just go through them like nobody's business. I put them in oatmeal, smoothies, yogurt. They're just a staple. And berries really are my go-to preferred fruit year round because they're really high in fiber. They're relatively low in sugar, which means they have a low glycemic load, which if you're not familiar with that, it just means that they have less impact on our blood glucose level, which is really important when we want to keep our blood sugar stabilized throughout the day, which I do because it keeps me from going crazy. Um, and because berries are just so easy to keep on hand in, in freezer bags, I've always always got them around. And then the third of the macronutrients is fat. Also, pretty darn easy to keep on hand, and to you know be a, an important component of that component of that healthy meal in a hurry kind of thing that I do all the time. Um, if I didn't already say healthy fats, obviously I mean healthy fats, not not the unhealthy fats. I'm not interested in putting that on my plate. So, just a quick refresher: unhealthy fats would be saturated fats found in fatty animal um, proteins fatty cuts of meat, full-fat dairy, baked goods, and stuff like that. And then trans fats, which is also baked goods, anything with hydrogenated oil. So like commercial peanut butter, crackers, almost all processed foods. Um, So fortunately, trans fats, if you haven't heard, are being phased out uh, by processed food manufacturers because of pressure from the FDA. So um I can't remember when that takes effect. It's probably more than a year or two. So we, for now, we've got to read labels and, and keep this junk out of our um, pantries. Um, 
So unhealthy saturated fats and trans fats are out, but all the healthy fats are totally green lighted as far, you know, as long as you're eating them in moderation. And those are olive oil, seed oils, um, especially sesame and flax um, oils, nut oils, um, avocado oil, coconut oil. Those are my favorites. Some are better for cooking than others because of their smoke point. But in terms of eating them cold, like, you know, as a salad dressing with a splash of vinegar or just drizzled over food, any of them are fine in my book. I'm trying to think, but I think the only other kind of fat um, besides oils that are a normal part of my diet are um, nuts and avocados, nut butters. I guess that's it. Anyway, (laughs) what's not to love there? Nuts and nut butters are obviously really easy to keep in the pantry. So no, you know, prep ahead of time necessary, but I do, I do kind of um, chop my own almonds, which is just because I like the texture of the kind of, of, of a rough chop um, as in my morning Greek yogurt rather than a, a uniform. I don't know. It's just, I'm just weird that way. That's just, that's just probably completely unnecessary. You can buy them already chopped, but in, Nut butters, um, the only, you know, like I said, peanut butter is typically um, made with trans fat, but almond butter um, usually isn't. Uh, You do have to watch out for sugar and oil and and that kind of stuff. You can even get it without salt, um, which is the healthiest of all. One of these days, I got to go to Trader Joe's. I know um, Whole Foods um, sells them that way, but but I'll bet you anything Trader Joe's does too. And as much as I love avocados, I mean, who doesn't? They ripen so fast. And unless you sprinkle them with lemon juice immediately after you cut them, you're going to end up with a brown chunk of yuck in your salad that you packed, you know, in the morning or that you packed as you rushed out the door. It's just, it's not, they're not very appealing hours later. So I admit I, I don't eat them all that often, but... You know, if for the times when I'm not eating on the fly and and I'm, uh, you know, making a lunch bowl or something at home or plopped on top of a salad. Oh, hell yeah. Those are good. Anyway, all of this just goes to the my earlier point that the more I can prep foods that are part of my regular healthy diet, then the less likely it is that I'll stray from that healthy diet. Because I don't know about you, but I get into trouble when I'm not prepared. I'm, I get starving. I don't have anything healthy within reach. And then, boom, all of a sudden, I'm standing in line at Chipotle to get a burrito with extra sour cream and guac. I feel more in control and ultimately happier and healthier when I do as much of my meal prep as I can over the weekend so that I can assemble healthy food quickly for myself and my very busy family. And seriously, if you don't try any of the other things that I talked about today, tell me you'll try the Crock-Pot chicken idea because it's really the best ever. So um, that's it for today. I just really wanted to answer that question that, that my kids ask all the time, uh, which is what's for dinner? <laughs> and uh, and we'll see if we can we can speed that speed up that process and make it a little healthier in the meantime. But between now and the next time we talk, Check out the blogs and videos, recipes at MarilynMcKenna.com and click on the drop me a line button while you're there and tell me what you think or let me know if you have a question that you'd like addressed in an upcoming podcast. So keep finding ways to eat like it matters because it really does. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 